Who dat? Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Who Dat Dish podcast. We are just a few hours away from the very first bit of action for our New Orleans Saints in the 2019 NFL season as they kick off the preseason tonight at home against the Minnesota Vikings. As always, I'm your host, Dayton Brown, and I thank you so much for tuning in today. If you missed it, our other host, Tyler, uploaded an episode earlier today recapping everything we have missed these past few months of the offseason. And you can be ready for us to consistently upload two episodes per week throughout the entire 2019 and into the 2020 season, including episodes with awesome special guests. These next two... Uh, or, or the current two right now that we have during this month of August are solo, but expect to be Tyler and I together on most episodes with a special guest helping us preview and recap every single game. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Dayton underscore Brown underscore and the podcast page at the WDD podcast. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. We've been gone for a few months, so everything that we have missed big news wise for both the Saints and and NFL in general, is in the episode that was uploaded earlier today on August 9th, uh, 2019, hosted by Tyler. So be sure to go check that out. Um, but today, this episode is all about tonight's preseason opener against the Vikings. Uh, this is game one of four for the Saints this preseason. And last year, they were three and one before going 13 and three during the regular season. So we're hoping for that same amount of success. Uh, we're going to take a look at both teams, especially the new faces here in New Orleans. Uh, and who we will be watching the most. But first, I want to start with the Vikings. Uh, This is a team who missed the playoffs last season with $90 million man Kirk Cousins under center. They really improved through their draft, uh, and that's really going to be the biggest focus of tonight's game, both for the Vikings, for the Saints. That's who we're going to be watching. They really didn't land too many coveted free agents. Actually, looking at the roster, they, they, they really didn't land any free agents besides retaining Anthony Barr, who was essentially had agreed to a contract with the New York Jets, got cold feet, went back to the Minnesota Vikings. So that is a saving grace for them because outside of bar, their their uh, linebacking core could definitely use some help. So without him, really, who knows what would have happened with this team if they might have been able to find some sort of replacement, either trading up through the draft or, or signing another, you know, free agent linebacker. But lucky for them, Anthony Barr, one of the best pass rushing linebackers and the NFL is back on the team with them. But I really, really love their draft class, and I want to go over that because that's essentially in the preseason who you're going to get the most looks of. It's going to be the rookies. It's going to be the guys fighting for spots, um, whether it be you know your first or second round draft pick rookies. You want them in these games early on so that they get a taste um, and as many snaps as they can against any sort of level NFL competition before you throw them into the regular season. Of course, for the sixth and seventh round and undrafted um, rookie free agents as well, they're going to see a lot of playing time too uh, because they're going to be competing for spots on the team, both for depth at positions and also for special teams. So yeah, let's take a look at this really fantastic draft class by this Minnesota Vikings team, at least on paper. Um, you look at 18th overall, They go with Garrett Bradbury, the number one center prospect. He comes out of North Carolina State. Um, And, of course, the Saints, who we'll talk about a little bit later, also got a top center prospect here in the draft. So it's going to be very interesting to see both of these guys play tonight. But Garrett Bradbury, tall, physical, high football IQ center and guard combo. But uh, he's going to be playing center there for the Vikings. That's where he thrives the most. Uh, He's going to be handing the ball off to to Kirk Cousins. He's going to be a very vital piece for them going forward. Um, I thought that he was going to slip into the, you know, 20s 
uh, in that first round, and team was going to have to trade up for him. That actually ends up being Andre Dillard, the the offensive lineman who who slips further than I was expecting. And Garrett Bradbury goes right where I think he should have. If not, he could have even went to the Atlanta Falcons a little bit sooner. They ended up going with Chris Lindstrom, who was a bit better of a guard projected prospect there. But Garrett Bradbury, great pick there for the Vikings uh, at 18th overall. And then into the second round, 50th overall, a guy that a lot of Saints fans liked, including myself, and that's Irv Smith Jr. Of course, his father played for the Saints uh, a, a long time ago. He had tied in out of Alabama. He was the 50th overall selection. Now, even though he is undersized, he, he arguably has the best hands out of any tight end prospect of the 2019 draft. He's right up there with uh, TJ Hawkinson, um, athletic tight end. Um, he's also able to to block fairly well on film, especially against some SEC competition. Um, but he definitely has a lot to improve, including being able to go up for those 50-50 balls. But other than that, Irv Smith Jr. is a great tight end prospect, especially for this Vikings team who usually relies on Kyle Rudolph, um, a big physical red zone threat, almost actually weren't able to to land a new contract with him, and they do, and now they have a one-two punch of Rudolph and Irv Smith Jr. there um, at the tight end spot. They also have Tyler uh, Conklin, who they got last year out of Central Michigan in the fifth round there at tight end. So uh, they're pretty loaded with weapons, including that fantastic wide receiver core they have with, of course, Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. Um, and, and we'll see how, how well Laquan Treadwell plays, as well as he is starting to turn into what a lot of people expected him to be in the NFL. Um, but Irv Smith Jr., great pickup there at 50th overall. And then they uh, the, the Vikings actually ended up trading four of their five third-round picks to get some extra compensation back. They had a pretty large, I, th- I think they had a total of 12 drafted players, which is a pretty good size draft class. And they also picked up future draft capital. So overall pretty smart, but uh, their only third round pick at 102nd overall was Alexander Matson, a running back out of Boise State. I like a lot. He's a lean, agile running back. I think he's going to fit well opposite of, of Dalvin Cook. He's kind of going to be, you know, complimentary uh, to him. Uh, whereas Dalvin Cook's kind of a ground and pound, one cut type guy. Uh, Alexander Madison's going to be a little bit more outside of the tackle, a little bit leaner, more agile. So I'm excited to see him in action tonight. You also have Drew Samia. They got at 114th overall, one of the better guard prospects out of Oklahoma. Again, improving that offensive line there for the Vikings so that Kirk Cousins doesn't get sacked. He's not in the top 10 most sacked quarterbacks in the league again. Um, and then you get Cameron Smith, linebacker out of USC later on. I believe that was in the, the fifth or sixth round they got him. Um, he slipped. A lot of people were um, expecting him to go maybe second, third round. This uh, the, the linebacker draft class is going to be the most interesting to see how these guys actually end up in the league because pre-draft, post-draft look completely different for, for a majority of draft analysts and really essentially just a lot of NFL and college uh, scouts, the, the way that they were kind of lining up their boards. It really does not match what ends up happening with uh, how NFL teams truly selected these guys. So it's going to be interesting to see who's right, who's wrong uh, with all of this. But I think Cameron Smith is a great pickup there. You also, for the Vikings, get Chris Boyd and Dylan Mitchell in the seventh round. I thought those were also steals. Chris Boyd, cornerback out of Clemson. Uh, again, lengthy guy. Uh, a lot of a lot of teams are really liking these uh, these cornerbacks with some length. And then Dylan Mitchell, versatile wide receiver out of the University of Oregon. Uh, he's looked impressive in camp, and and they're looking to make him you know their fourth fifth wide receiver there with possibility to move up. Um, as again, Cousins works with his chemistry with both Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs. Thielen with a fantastic season last year, and Diggs can go off at any time. So. 
I think that those are the the major key additions for the Vikings. Those are who we really need to be looking out for most, uh, both for the Saints to um, try to stop and win this game. But also, these guys are going to be really talented uh, uh, in the future in the NFL uh, for this team. So we're going to get our first glimpse of them uh, tonight. So, uh, you know, if you're a Vikings fan or a Saints fan watching tonight's game, or just an NFL fan in general, those are the guys you really should be looking out for. I'm excited to see them play. Now, specifically for the Saints, uh, this is what I'm excited to get into. This is who we're going to need to watch tonight. Of course, you're watching your own team. That's who you're most concerned about. That's who I'm most concerned about with tonight. A lot of question marks surrounding the Saints. But first, I think, of course, the most important um uh, things to watch for the Saints is this rookie draft class. It starts with Eric McCoy there in center. Is he going to be starting tonight? Um, on the on the depth chart, he is the slash starter with Nick Easton. And by that, I mean they really haven't ruled the uh, number one starter there for the Saints. It's, it's just a mix of Nick Easton, who they signed this offseason from the Vikings, and uh, Eric McCoy, who they drafted uh, 48th overall in the uh, 2019 NFL draft. Now, either way, I'm going to be excited to see who plays. I'm not going to, you know, say who I want starting there tonight. As long as both of those guys play and we get to see both of them um, vying for that spot and showing us what they can do there at that center position because of the department of Max Unger, it's so important. That's all I really care about. And I think Eric McCoy eventually is going to win the starting role, whether it be for week one, whether that be for week eight, I think it's going to happen eventually. And and tonight's game is, is going to be the first glimpse we see of what McCoy can do outside of college. Uh, you also have Saquon Hampton, a guy who, when he was drafted, it was a, it was a head-scratching move. Uh, a lot of people were not expecting the Saints to go with really any safeties in this draft, let alone two back-to-back. And a guy like Saquon Hampton, who was projected either undrafted or, or back end of the seventh round, ends up going into the fifth round. It obviously makes people scratch their heads, but he's impressed a lot in camp. He is a ball hawk, athletic guy, which is what was that that was that was the scouting report athletic ball hawk and he's proving that in camp uh rookie safety out of Rutgers Hampton is so I, I I'm really excited to see what he can do in a game is he going to be flying around is he going to be disciplined as well because a lot of the times ball hawks uh when they get that first taste of action uh they they, they tend to overcommit uh or take bad angles and and that can open up some doors for the for the offense so we'll see how disciplined Hampton is uh and then of course you, you want to see that aggressiveness and the tenacity from Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. He's been physical in camp. He's been tipping a lot of balls uh, for the Saints defense, a lot of pass breakups, a lot of tips leading to interceptions for the Saints. And, of course, um, with that safety uh, core being strengthened right behind that linebacking core, I really like that dynamic in camp, and I'm excited to see it in the regular season with CGJ and Hampton, Marcus Williams, and Von Bell for the safety, even Chris Banjo, and then you have Demario Davis, Alex Anzalone, AJ Klein, Craig Robertson there at linebacker. It is a very athletic uh, core there in the back seven, or, or I guess you could say back five for the team, um, and I, I'm really excited to see that. And speaking of linebackers, also Caden Ellis, he's been trying to work out every Saint linebacker, and we'll see if it shows tonight. He is the last guy um, out, first guy in every single time for practice, according to reports. Uh, and 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 he's actually been making a lot of plays during during camp, during um, some seven on seven drills, during some uh, just just regular tackling drills. Um, he has been looking really well, and he's been working his butt off in camp. So I'm excited to see him uh, tonight. And then um, of course Alize Mack, a guy who hasn't really been talked about. The only major clip we have 
uh, from Mac out of camp is uh, he got into a little skirmish with with Trey Hendrickson, the defensive end um, there for the Saints, uh, one of the first days of training camp. Um, other than that, haven't really seen much out of him. Jared Cook has been impressing. So as of right now, the Saints are going to be riding with Jared Cook as the starter, probably using Josh Hill um, right behind him in some package situations. And Alizé Mack, who knows? I mean, there's a possibility he he might not even make the team, even though this team desperately needs a tight end. But Jared Cook's been impressing. The Saints know that they have, you know, a, a kind of a big margin of error for that position because of how how much struggles they've had at the tight end spot and still had successful years from Drew Brees. So that'll be interesting to watch. If Mack is able to impress tonight, then it doesn't matter that he hasn't been performing extraordinarily in camp. It depends on what you do in game, and that could definitely lead to some even more momentum for him going into um, as we approach the regular season. So I, I, I think uh, Alizé Mack, it's it's kind of a do or die moment for for the first few preseason games. You're either going to do it or you're not, and you could find yourself off the team. Hopefully that's not the case, though. Hopefully he does uh, turn some heads and, and make some plays like uh, like we know he can. Um, so th- so that's pretty much the rookie draft class for them. They also have some undrafted free agents including Lil Jordan Humphrey, who I'll, who I'll get to in a little bit. Um, and also Devin Ozigbo, who I want to talk about right now for that third running back spot. So, of course, the Saints have Alvin Kamara there for the starter. Uh, right behind him, new signee from the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Latavius Murray is going to be backing him up. But right behind both of those guys, the third running back spot is always, always important in the Sean Payton offense. Whether you're going to be a third down running back, some special packages, it's always important to have that third down running back uh, understand the system well so that you can throw them in at any time. They can make a play, brick a door open. We saw how well Dwayne Washington did as the third running back last season, especially against the Carolina Panthers for the um, season finale. But he's going to be competing with Devin Ozigbo, who I like a lot out of out of uh, Nebraska. He is a physical back. He's a ground and pound guy. Of course, we're going to be missing that since Mark Ingram left. So very well could see Ozigbo winning that because that's what the Saints essentially need. Uh, They also have been bringing in a plethora of other running backs, including Buck Allen from the Ravens. He's only seen a little bit of action so far. They recently signed Jaquiz Rogers um, out of Oregon State. He also used to play for the Buccaneers. um, So, uh, you know, an in-division guy. And then they also bring in Kerwin Williams, who played for the Arizona Cardinals most recently. Um, Most, uh, I think that the Saints signed him literally a couple of days ago. So, all of those guys will be competing for that third down running back spot. And all of those guys have, you know, more of a chance to win it. Washington obviously already knows the offense. He's been looking pretty darn good in camp. And especially week 17 against Panthers last season is when he showed us what he can do. Ozigbo was one of the most talked about running backs coming into the draft for his potential. He ends up going undrafted, which surprised a lot of people. But now he finds himself in Saints camp. And and, and he's been looking pretty good in pretty good as well. Buck Allen, again, hasn't played much, but we know what he can do in the NFL on the field. He's very intriguing. Uh, Rodgers is agile. He's short. Again, another guy we know that can make plays in the NFL. And and and, and when I say short and agile, that, that that's good. Some, you, you definitely need that out of a out of a, a third down running back sometimes to, to open up the screen game possibly just to find little holes here and there. Um, so I think, I think Rogers has a shot and then Colonel Williams will, will see. He hasn't even, I don't, I don't think he's suited up at all for the saints yet for, for camp. They've been getting ready for this preseason game. So we'll probably have to wait till next week to really see what he can do. But I think the third running back spot, such a big question mark um, next to wide receiver depth, which I will get to in a second. It is 
probably the biggest question mark uh, for the Saints team overall. Um, and yeah, with that being said, wide receiver depth, I think, is the other thing to really look forward to for the Saints uh, to really watch tonight. Um, Rashard Matthews has impressed mightily in camp. I mean, he's been making plays from the slot, from outside, um, very nice touchdown passes, very nice route running. I've liked the tape. Emmanuel Butler has been able to stretch the field. He's a rookie. Um, I, I love his game. I really hope Emmanuel Butler makes the team because I feel like the um, skill set that he possesses is going to complement whichever wide receiver we have there at X. Michael Thomas, of course, but you you also throw in, you could have him opposite Ted Ginn Jr., um, and he's still going to be able to provide some sort of uh, complementary skill set to that. Uh, so I like Butler a lot. I also like Matthews. But you also have Traquan Smith and Keith Kirkwood, who have played in the system for a year already. Uh, Kirkwood was, of course, undrafted last year. Traquan Smith uh, was a third-round selection out of UCF. Both of those guys have good size. They have good hands, able to catch in traffic. Neither of them really wowed us last year, though, and that's why there are so many wide receivers in camp. They're going to be competing. The, The coaching staff really wants to turn the intensity up a notch to see and, and I say this every year, camp brings out the best competition in every player. And this is going to be really important to see um, if that's true for this wide receiver court because it can't be all Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, and Jared Cook this season. We need some safety blankets for Drew Brees. We need some more consistent route running wide receivers who can help stretch the field, both downfield and uh, uh, laterally, so that Michael Thomas can get more opportunities, so that wide receivers can catch more balls themselves and make plays for Breeze and, uh, you know, elevate this offense to another new level. Um, so that's going to be really important. You, of course, have Low Jordan Humphreys, or sorry, excuse me, Low Jordan Humphrey, uh, undrafted free agent out of uh, University of Texas. Again, guy who can play outside or in the slot. He's got good size, decent hands. It's just he hasn't been given a whole lot of opportunities to make plays this camp with, with how many wide receivers we have. But he hasn't shown as much flash as Simi Cobbs, Cyril Grayson, or even Deontay Harris, who have all made plays in camp, especially Cobbs and Grayson, um, who have come out of nowhere. Grayson, of course, former LSU track star. He's got some speed. Um, All of these guys have been making plays in camp, and partially that has to do with, you know, Drew Brees and Teddy Bridgewater being such great quarterbacks that they can make wide receivers look good. But also, these guys have been working really hard. They have, all of these guys have their own unique and great skill set. Um, and it's all about determining which one will complement Michael Thomas, Drew Brees, and the Saints offense more. Um, and to me, I think it's going to come down to how many wide receivers the Saints want to keep on the team first. And second, it usually seems that the Saints are more comfortable with keeping guys who are already in the system. That's why Austin Carr and Tom Lee Lewis continue to get shots with the Saints because they already kind of understood this offense. And Sean Payton knows that you can just kind of throw him in. Well, I think Austin Carr's days are numbered. Um, Tommy, Lee, Tommy Lee Lewis is already out of here. You're going to keep Michael Thomas and Ted Ginn Jr. Most likely, Cameron Meredith is already at the Patriots. So that essentially leaves that the Saints want to go with five or six receivers. That leads them with three or four spots open. Um, I think Traquan Smith and Keith, Keith Kirkwood are almost locked in to get it. Kirkwood maybe not so much as Smith. Um, but still, that, that then only leaves one or two spots left open for the Saints. And that's either going to go to Rashard Matthews, Emmanuel Butler, Semi Cobb, Sour Grayson, Deontay Harris. I mean, it's going to it's going to be tough unless somehow Ted Ginn Jr. gets gets cut, which I could possibly see happening with his advanced age. Um, it's it's only going to be five or six, so there, there's really only going to be 
two to three, possibly four spots open for the Saints wide receivers, and we have about six or seven guys competing for that. So it's going to be intense tonight. Again, is the, the the first little bit of action we'll really get to see for these guys in a game, um, and it, it's going to be exciting. Don't get me wrong. If win or lose this game, it's going to be exciting to actually see the Saints on TV finally yet again for the first time since that horrendous, horrendous ending to the NFC Championship game. Um, and that was really only that, – that was a short seven months ago almost. Um, and it's felt like a lifetime since. So it's going to be refreshing to see some different Saints football on TV finally for the first time since that happened. And really excited to see these rookies go after it against very impressive rookies from the Minnesota Vikings as well. And yeah, be sure to tune in tonight. It kicks off at 7 p.m. Central Time, 5 p.m. My Time uh, over here on the West Coast. So be sure to, to tune in if you can. I'll be watching a, an illegal stream. Sorry, sorry. I guess I shouldn't say it's illegal. It's it. I mean, all, all streams essentially are illegal, right? But uh, I'll, I'll be checking out the game. And of course, uh, early next week, we'll have a recap episode for you guys. Um, so be sure to check that out. But as of Today for this episode, that is all the time I have, and I thank you guys so much for tuning in again. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dayton underscore Brown underscore. Follow the podcast page at the WDD Podcast. And again, tweet us uh, with any thoughts that you have before or after the game with what ended up going down. Uh, we'll talk to you guys very soon next week. Um, and as always, who dat?